Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Ake Woman podcast. Our mission is to create a global diasporic sisterhood. Women play a key role in ensuring societies thrive. But what happens to women who leave their comfort zone and venture out? Our podcast brings you their inspiring stories of assimilation, struggle, willpower, success and fame. You can follow at Ake Women Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Today, we're speaking with serial entrepreneur Shalini Vadera, who strongly believes the future is female, which is why her life's mission is to bring about global change using beauty and travel as a vehicle. Shalini believes beauty is not just skin deep and nurturing inner beauty is as necessary. Born to South Asian parents in sunny San Diego, Shalini's success does not follow the time-tested diaspora route. Instead, she found her niche in the competitive world of cosmetics, building a $21 million global brand from her garage. Becoming a global influencer wasn't without struggle, especially as a woman, but Shalini persisted. After grabbing headlines as a celebrity makeup artist and best-selling author of a beauty book, this global cosmetic goddess has now donned the hat of mentor for less privileged girls and women. Shalini's social platform, Power Beauty Living, provides love, support, and empowerment to women across the world. While her cosmetic company, Ready Set Jet, has been developed especially for Indian skin tones. Shalini has conducted an Art of Living session for UN Women, is on the Global Advisory Council for Impact Leadership 21 with the UN, and is an advisor for Women Network. She received the Mahatma Gandhi Award from the British House of Lords in 2017, and was invited by the Government of India in 2018 to empower Indian girls through beauty. She also got the Sexy and Successful Award for Most Promising Entrepreneur. Let's unravel the different layers that make up this dynamic woman. Hi, Shalini. Hi, Monica. How are you? What was it like being raised in a South Asian home in ultra-American San Diego? It was a challenge. Um, I had very strict, very traditional parents, and I was at the same time getting very bullied at school for looking different, not being the traditional blonde hair, blue-eyed surfer girl. I went through an enormous amount of bullying, and so I actually didn't know where I fit in. I didn't know if I was American or if I was Indian, or if I was just stuck in this middle land of nowhere. And, you know, it wasn't until I finally got out of school and started college when I really embraced the Indian side of who I was. That point is when things started to change for me in my career and everything. 
So what kind of things did you find tough to deal with? Was it like eating differently at home and eating differently at school? Or was it like the way you dressed and the way you were expected to dress? The food was never an issue for me. I always hear the stories of people saying, well, my clothes smell like curry. I didn't mind that. We grew up in a beach town and it was pretty affluent. You know, all these girls in school were wearing designer labels and we'd go to school in the same clothes and have boys throw dog poo at me, calling me a dog because I was different looking. So there was a lot to deal with. I had very strict parents, so it was always a no before a very long fought out yes (laughs) to get to what I wanted. Growing up in India, we didn't use makeup as much. When I came here, a lot of my female cousins were using a lot of makeup. I don't know whether in the strictness of your parents was makeup also one of the issues. I would smuggle a horrific purple eyeshadow. But yeah, it was everything from what we wore, makeup, when we could shave our legs, you know, hair removal, which is so traumatic for us Indian girls. In India, you go get your threading done or waxing. It was not something that I grew up with. So I was teased a lot for that as well. With strict parents, there were a lot of expectations from you? Absolutely. You know, we want you to be the three things that we always hear, doctor, engineer, computer scientist, people who know me know that I have a very rebellious spirit. So it was just really difficult growing up without, you know, a really big community and really not understanding where I fit in. I'm grateful for those times because it put that fight inside of me. (laughs) I remember when I was ready to join college, my dad was like, finance, you know, you're good in math, maybe you can do business. And my mom was like, no, 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 you have to become a doctor. (laughs) I did choose business. And decades later, finally found what I think I'm enjoying. What was it for you that made you feel this is the light bulb moment and it's going to be beauty? So, you know, I grew up traveling a lot. We would visit my grandparents in India and Punjab. We'd visit my other set of grandparents in Kenya. And so I was really enchanted by flight attendants and all these beauty secrets I was seeing around the world. But it was a big no for my parents. So actually at 19, my father had given me a plane ticket to India and $2,000 and told me to start my own company. And of course, I hysterically cried on that flight because I thought they were marrying me off because I was this really rebellious teenager. But my dad really wanted me to start my own business. My uncles were knitwear manufacturers. So I started with surf and golf clothing and I hated it. It was just not my jam at all. And I was dealing with my uncles in Punjab, but it was this whole don't worry mentality. I'm like, oh my God, we're never going to get anything done. And so one day I decided to just get a part-time job at the clinic counter. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, I didn't know how to do makeup. I didn't know how to sell. I remember my very first customer coming up to me. So with Q-tips and cotton balls, I did her makeup. I remember she bought two products, a moisturizing lotion and a toner. But the next day I got a card and a bouquet of flowers from her husband saying, thank you so much for bringing back my wife. She's been going through cancer and you put the smile back on her face. And from my own personal experience of being bullied and not being appreciated or looking different, it was that light bulb moment of the power of self-esteem and how beauty can give you confidence in a way that you may not have known before. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to give women those tools to look and feel beautiful. And that hooked me and it just kind of took its own journey from there. And boy, it's been a journey. How old were you around that time? I think I was 20 years old and I was getting a degree in international business. 
And I just loved being able to go in the store and be creative and, you know, give women hope pretty much, right? It's what you're doing in beauty is giving them the tools to feel hopeful and feel confident. I loved it so much. I wanted to learn everything. I started freelancing and started working for Chanel to make up forever with Danny Sands, Laura Mercier with Laura and Dean and Davis Factors Smashbox and helped them launch all their brands. And then one day got a call from NBC Studios in LA saying they wanted to see my stuff. And I didn't really know what my stuff was, but I wasn't going to turn down any opportunity to walk on a lot. So I drove two and a half hours up and went into the makeup room and showed them my stuff, which I made up. And they're like, great, we'll start you on the news. So three to four days a week, I was driving five hours round trip to Burbank. And then within about six weeks, the head of the entire uh, hair and makeup for the whole studio walked in and he's like, pack up your shit. And I'm like, oh my God, they know I don't know what I'm doing. And like all these hardened veteran makeup artists were like giggling. They're like, it was nice meeting you. Bye. You know, you're so fired. And so I packed up my stuff and I remember following this gentleman out of the studio. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Did I do something wrong? And he walked me right into The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And he's like, no, you're really good. We're going to put you on The Tonight Show. And that (sighs) launched my celebrity makeup artist career. And I remember my very first job was trying to get Bill Clinton at Kate. And I went on to work. Then I got very aggressive. And I was like, oh, I want to work on all the shows. I would drive over to CBS and I would sit outside and call the head of makeup. And I'd say, hey, I'm here. You know, can I come in? And she's like, nope, nope, nope. And I remember one day I finally said, look, I've just driven two and a half hours. Can you just give me five minutes? And so she said, I hope you have all your stuff, you know, come to the makeup room. I remember walking into the makeup room and the whole entire cast of The Bold and Beautiful was sitting there. And I was like, wow, you know, this is my whole childhood right in front of me. And so I set up my station and I did the head of the entire studio's makeup. And she's like, you know what? You're really good. You can start on The Bold and Beautiful tomorrow. So that got me on to working on B&B. And then that got me into working on a number of shows, everything from Dancing with the Stars to my most favorite job was Hollywood Squares because it was working with, you know, upwards of 15 different celebrities, shooting six shows a day. And Henry Winkler, the Fonz, was the executive producer and Spagos was catering and we had an on-staff masseuse and, you know, and I'm working with Simon Cowell and Alec Baldwin and I'm just like, am I really getting paid for this? This is way too I'm much fun. in your 20s. And I was in my 20s. It was great. So that pushed me into then starting to do photo shoots with Vanity Fair and a lot of the editorial magazines. Yeah. And that put me on the map of doing celebrity makeup, which then got me on television talking about it. And then that took my career into a different direction. You talked about traveling a lot. And I know for myself, I love traveling. I have wheels on my feet. But I also know that apart from the thrill of traveling, it's just such a learning experience. So for somebody like you in the beauty business, how has travel been incorporated and how has it impacted your work? It's been the basis of my entire career. For me, it was always frustrating, especially being a makeup artist, that there was never colors that matched my skin. But even in India, there was like, colors that were not for Indian skin. I didn't understand it. I remember this defining moment in my career. I was being flown to do the early show in New York every couple of weeks. And it was great. I was putting them up in this beautiful suite at the pier. I was going on and doing all kinds of beauty segments like Global and Gorgeous or from office to office party or holiday makeup tips. I was about seven or eight months in and the senior producer of the early show came up to me 
And she's like, why the F are we flying you out here, paying you to do this, putting you up in a suite when I can get anyone? What makes you so different? I just was like, well, because nobody's talking about all these amazing skin tones. America's the greatest melting pot in the world. We have a new skin tone being born minute by minute. Nobody's addressing the beauty challenges South Asian women have with hyperpigmentation, Asian women have with wanting to reshape maybe their eye shape and give a crease or African-American, you know, sometimes they're lighter down the T-zone and they're darker in other areas. So how do they match their skin so they're flawless all the way across? And I said, and two, we always want to know why Indian women have traffic stopping shiny hair and why Chinese women never age. And these Brazilian women have amazing bodies and it's not genetics, it's all these great beauty secrets. And I learned them from traveling my entire life. So that's where the world and my lifelong experience of travel and just being obsessed with these flight attendants on Singapore Airlines. I wanted to just have this drive and desire and curiosity to learn what their rituals were. And it launched me into a global beauty authority. I went on to do every syndicated talk show you could imagine from The View to the Today Show to Life and Style to The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. And then that's what got me a publishing deal to write a book, Passport to Beauty. So your dad and mom, who were these strict Desi parents who expected you to become a doctor or an engineer or a business person or a lawyer, what has their response been to, you know, this success of yours? You were doing makeup for the bold and the beautiful. I think that must have sold your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I remember bringing my parents to set for Hollywood Squares. I still look back on these pictures because all my mom's favorite stars were there. (laughs) So she just has a smile. My dad is one of my biggest cheerleaders. I'm really grateful for his progressive um, mindset in pushing me to be an entrepreneur. And my mom is fantastic as well, you know, but I think there's moments where tradition comes in and then they get a little bit nervous. Like, don't you don't need to put yourself out there that much. But they're very proud. And I think, you know, once I received the Jewel of India Award from Prime Minister Modi's office, that was to them like, okay, our daughter's doing something good. <laughs> from your garage in San Diego to this global goddess of uh, cosmetics, where did you get your business acumen from? Did you experiment with old Indian recipes? I didn't experiment in my garage as much as I experimented in the labs with my chemists. I've been product formulating for, gosh, now going on almost 16, 17 years. So for me, it's very exciting to take inspiration from these rituals that we've been using for centuries and go into a lab and work with a chemist and see how we can create a product that celebrates that ritual, but also bring something new and exciting to consumer that maybe if they can't go to those parts of the world, they can at least experience it in their own home. From a business acumen standpoint, it's been all trial and error. I've had some great mentors, but for me, it's been learning not to ever go against my gut. A lot of brands that I create are all based on intuition and just what I feel is a need out there in the market. And we're usually ahead of the curve. And now we've come out with this, you know, whole beauty simplified Marie Kondo approach to beauty, which is perfect for what's happening in the world right now. Nobody wants to spend a lot of time. And I love to do it in a lab. That's really my happy place. When we talk about beauty, it's not just makeup. It's all about skincare and everything. Except for special occasions, I didn't really use makeup that much. And it was more about, you know, make this haldika paste and put malai and everything and put it on my face and oil my hair regularly. I remember this is even before I got married. My future mother-in-law said, at least wear lipstick. Indian girls growing up in India, we didn't do that. Why is makeup important? In what way does it empower us? Beauty really 
encapsulates the whole self-care ritual, whether it's what are you eating for your skin? How are you taking care of your hair? What kind of thoughts are you thinking? I mean, beauty is so much more than just product. As far as what it does for most women, just a little color, whether you're using it as war paint for the outside world and it's your armor, or you're just using it because it gives you that little instant confidence boost. What I love about India and a lot of these countries all around the world, a lot of beauty starts in the kitchen. Like you said, it's with, you know, spices, it's with food, it's with elixirs that you're drinking in the morning. Um, but, you know, you go into places like France and these women have such an air of confidence and a minimalistic beauty to them. They're gorgeous. And when you ask them what their beauty secret is, they don't count carbs, they count sugar. And their go-to is a swipe of red lipstick for the day. That's all they need. They're very much into drinking a lot of water, counting their sugar grams, hydrating the skin. They create these beautiful floral waters, fruit waters. For me, I think makeup plays a lot, you know, more mental. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's all than even physical. In your journey, have there been any important lessons that you've learned? A hundred percent. It's this peaks and valleys journey that I've been on. And it's been one that I can look back with a lot of gratitude, even though there was times that I just didn't understand what was going on. I've gone through an enormous amount of sexual harassment, trying to raise money as a woman, never really meeting a lot of women early on in my career. And that was the fuel uh, for me to create my platform, Power Beauty Living, that I launched globally at the United Nations. I was really upset more women weren't showing up for each other the way they needed to. And for me, it was like, how do we create a community where women can mentor women and we can power up your business, we can power up your beauty. So you've got that unmatched confidence for unmatched leverage. And we can power up your life with yoga and meditation that are going to give you a warrior mentality. So there's been a lot of lessons, especially being an Indian girl. We're taught to not speak up. Don't rock the boat. Don't throw your opinions around. Well, that's maybe great growing up, but in business, it didn't serve me at all. That was a big lesson for me. I think I read somewhere about you walking away from an investor. Do you have any stories that you can share? Oh, my gosh, I can share so. <laughs> Fundraising's always been interesting. It's like, do you want to party on my yacht and close the deal over crepes in Paris? No, I don't. I'm glad to see things are changing and more women are stepping up on being investors. And we actually raised our friends and family around this next brand with 90% women because I think there was this feeling we do need to come together because there's so many meetings I walked in where, you know, the investor was in a white bathrobe <laughs> with nothing else on, sitting with his legs spread. Or, you know, I've walked away from an investor who has said things like, want to eat this cake off you. I mean, just egregious positions and situations. Even in my own brand building process, I've faced 
harassment, retaliation, sexual harassment that really caused a lot of devastation to one of my first brands. So it's been an interesting journey, but the lessons are great. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't experienced those things. I have a very strong mission that no women have to go through that. So what does empowerment mean to you then? Empowerment means, God, so many things, Monica. I mean, it means giving women the tools that they need to thrive, right? So if you're empowering another woman, are you empowering her with skills or with a vocation or an ability? If she doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, she can at least be self-sufficient. Are you empowering her through mindset and um, mindful living? I had a very big spiritual awakening in 2014 where I was actually struck by lightning on my way to meet a Korean master in Sedona. And that's really what put me on the path to empower women. I didn't want women to have to go through not having the resources if they're doing a startup. I realized, okay, if I don't take everything I've learned and pay it forward, then there's something wrong with me and it goes against everything I stand for. And so um, empowerment is really about giving women confidence, about giving them the tools that they can go to every day, whether it's networking with like-minded women, whether it's finding a mentor or having a community where you can have needs and lead, just giving them the ability to be self-sufficient and strong women. How did the lightning incident make you realize that this is what you want to do? Is it because you almost died? So I had come out of a really devastating and just a hard moment in my entrepreneurial career when I decided to part company with my first brand because there was a lot of shit going on that I didn't think was acceptable. And just to unwind the contract was so painful. So when I came out of it, I was just a little lost. And I had just moved to Los Angeles. I had just gotten married. I remember saying to my husband, I need to find a yoga that is not physical, but is mental because I need to get a grip on my mindset right now. I stumbled into this Korean yoga And it was literally one of the best modalities I've personally ever found as far as healing. Quite a few months in, the instructor coming up to me and she said, oh, our master's coming from Korea. We never ask anyone to meet with him, but we'd love for you to come. And so I asked, I'm like, is it okay if I interview him afterwards for the next book I'm writing? And they're like, he doesn't take these one-on-ones. So I go and they end up having a one-on-one for us afterwards with tea. I didn't realize he was one of the top 15 spiritual leaders in the world. He didn't speak any English. He put his hand on my head and blessed me. I look up and all the Koreans are crying because he doesn't bless anyone. And so I leave and it's about two years later in my meditation, I see this Korean master, like clear as day. So next morning, my phone's ringing and I'm getting all these text messages, Shalini, call, urgent Shalini, wake up. Your destiny's calling. It was a woman in Sedona, Arizona. And she said, this Korean master said, your purpose was coming at the speed of light, but you didn't have enough energy to take it on. And he needs to see you. So I didn't know. I thought it was LA again. So I'm like, absolutely. I would love to see him again. And she's like, well, you need to come right now. Come to Sedona, Arizona. I called my husband and I'm like, I just feel really compelled that we have to drive out there and you have to go with me. So we packed everything up and we drove out there right outside of Phoenix. We're in a massive electrical storm, like lightning going sideways. And it was so beautiful. And it was something that I hadn't seen since my childhood in Kenya. So as I'm videoing it on the in the car, my phone is plugged in the car and our car is struck by lightning. 
And next thing I know, I just feel this like injection of hot acid energy just crawling through my body. It was so painful. My husband pulled over. He's like, we've been struck. And then he looked at me and my face was paralyzed on one side and I couldn't feel my hands and feet on the left side. A lot of people stopped. Everybody wanted me to go to the hospital. I just wanted to get to Sedona. We still had like another four hours on our drive. I couldn't talk straight, but I'm like, look, if it gets really bad, we'll call 911. So we get to Sedona and the Korean master shows up and through his translator, he said, do you know I called you here? And I said, yes, to charge. And I started laughing and he said, yes, that was for you. That was for your brain. And he's like, here are the four things I need you to do. He said, the fifth thing's your homework. You'll know at the end of the weekend. And sure enough, at the end of the weekend, clear as day, I cannot tell you. It's like somebody just came over and handed me a note. And I knew that I had to launch a platform for women. And that was the beginning of Power Beauty Living. Came home, had a party, thought maybe 20 of my girlfriends would show up. 175 women came that night. Eight women got jobs. And I was like, we're on to something. There is definitely a need. And so I started doing transformation events, Ignite Your Inner Hero, Ignite Your Infinite Potential, taking 40 to 50 women out to Sedona for a weekend retreat with the Tao Masters. Within a year, the United Nations contacted me and said, we love what you're doing. Do you want to speak on the floor of the UN and bring one of your events to 350 of our diplomats, country heads, and CEOs. And so we launched in 2015 at the United Nations, and that put me on a deeper mission to empower women. What a story. If you hadn't been telling me this, I would be like, this cannot be true. But you actually experienced it. Let's talk about this journey with Power Beauty Living. How did you just take it and move with it? I just did. It was one of those moments, Monica, where it was like, okay, universe, you know what I do well. So use me for what you need me for. I just completely surrendered. And so, you know, we started doing these events. I was creating brands for other companies. And then it just led to this, you know, Mahatma Gandhi Award at the House of Lords. And then I happened to go to India a few months later and, you know, the government was, they were waiting for me when I arrived in Delhi. Next thing I know, I'm sitting down with the Supreme Court, people from Congress, all these ministers of social empowerment and justice and women empowerment. And they're like, we really need you to help the girls, Shalini. And so at that point, I knew I had to take everything I had done in my career, whether it was beauty or empowerment. And my father sending me to India at 19 to make me learn how to do business Um, and bring it to these girls. It was the only way I felt I could impact in the biggest way to hopefully create some generational shift. And that's when we turned Power Beauty Living into a full 501c3 nonprofit. Call me naive, but I would not have thought of beauty as a tool of empowerment. How did you know the way that you were going to use it to empower and what kind of girls were you going to be empowering? You know, there are so many ways to do it, right? We could find a an ingredient in a village and make it a fair trade ingredient. We could work with a group of women. But I kept hearing the same stories over and over again about these girls in the slums and villages that, you know, by the age of 15, they had no more access to education. They either went into becoming servants or they were trafficked or they were married. And for me, it was like, well, why wouldn't we skill them? We know beauty is booming in India, and we know that with social media, there's all these girls that want to be these influencers and content creators. Let's go train them. And so I decided to create a brand called Ready, Set, Jet, 
And then taking part of those proceeds to creating the Ready, Set, Jet Academy, where we would go in and skill these girls on becoming professional makeup artists, beauty content creators, retail specialists, with the option of allowing them to even start selling the brand, but really with placing them in spas and retailers and giving them the opportunity to earn money. Ready, Jet, Set is only in India? No, it's a global brand. We've launched here in the U.S., And uh, we're launching also simultaneously in India on Amazon. More importantly, we've decided to really scale the impact because over this COVID time, we were getting a lot of girls all over India reaching out to me, wanting to do Instagram lives on how to start a business, how to go into beauty, you know, like what they can do because they said COVID's just changed the mentality for so many people. So we realized that while the deep impact was in the slums and villages and marginalized communities, bringing those tools and those skills to girls anywhere in the world, but specifically in India through a virtual academy. So we're getting ready to launch that in a few months. And with COVID, it was difficult to go in and do a lot of that physical one-on-one training, but it allows us now to reach more girls and guys. We, We don't care. We're very inclusive with this online academy that those ones will actually subsidize more disenfranchised girls. So we're excited. You know, we didn't even discuss your book, Passport to Beauty. What gave you the courage and what galvanized you to think, I'm going to write this book and I believe you're writing a second one now? I never think about it. I just do it. (laughs) If I thought about everything that I was doing, I would get so nervous and scared. I'd be like, I can't do it. So I think about long-term goal and the steps to get to that goal, right? So for me, it's, you know, I'm going to write a book. Great. And it's exciting because you get to learn. We're also bringing great secrets and tips for everyone to do in their kitchen. And this next book, we're focusing a lot more on the inner beauty and some of the modalities I've learned around the world on that aspect. What kind of support have you received in your effort to educate, elevate and empower? Has there ever been any pushback? You know, there's always going to be pushback. Thankfully, I'm so grateful. This is a cause that's near and dear to a lot of people. There's times I don't even ask for support if the most amazing people show up. I couldn't do this without the support of people in India and even the UK at government levels that have really been on board to see this into a reality. Ake Women is trying to bring women in the diaspora together as a global community. I know you talk about finding your tribe. What does mentorship mean to you? And do you incubate young female entrepreneurs? Most of my team is young. They're all girls. I have a really nice relationship with FITM, Fashion Institute Design and Merchandising. They're the only fashion and beauty university that gives a bachelor's in beauty. They send me a lot of their students. I'm proud to say that some of these girls start knowing absolutely nothing and they go on to start their own graphic art consulting or marketing. I have a lot of people reach out to me saying, hey, can you just mentor? Or can you give this girl a little bit of advice? And it's really, really important. We have to show up for each other that way. It is so important because when you're young or you're in an area that you don't have a lot of resources, having someone that you can reach out to that has maybe done what you've wanted to do or is doing what you want to do or has insight in an area that you're not very strong in is a lifesaver. We are living in a world of social media, the Instagram culture, and a lot of young girls wanted to be influencers. How is beauty adding to the narcissism of women and how is it being used in a negative sense? I would hate to be a young girl right now growing up in 
a social media culture because the pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain way is everywhere. We have absolutely skewed reality. I was watching a story where more and more girls are going and getting the Instagram plastic surgery because they want to look like these filters. So I'm hoping at some point that we can talk about other ways to look and feel beautiful. Being authentic is beautiful. Celebrating your differences is beautiful. There's a duality to every situation. There's a lot of good too that's come out of social media, just being able to connect with amazing people that share your mission and your cause all over the world. What's your favorite acknowledgement? The one that's resonated with me the most is the Mahatma Gandhi Award. That acknowledgement for just my overall work in beauty and women empowerment meant a lot to me. And I was one of the few women to receive it. When I wrote my book, I had never done anything like that. And to see it hit number one, what had happened is I went on The View in the morning. I remember I was sick with a cold and the book was at number 347,000. Did my segment on The View and then came home, went to sleep because I was so sick and my phone kept ringing. And that afternoon I answered my phone and it was my agent saying, your book's hit number one. And I was like, oh my God. And I won the Oprah Award for product formulation. That was a lovely acknowledgement. The thank yous I got from these everyday women like you and me, just giving her that little lift in her step. That is the best acknowledgement I can get. Where can our uh, listeners find your products? So you can go to readysetjetofficial.com and you'll find the beauty batons and more info on the mission. And then of course, you can just follow me on Instagram at Shalini Vadera and you'll see links to Passport to Beauty, links to Power Beauty Living, links to Ready, Set, Jet. I have a rapid fire round for you. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. The one beauty ritual you'll never give up coconut oil all over my hair and body. Family to you means? Like-minded people that share your same value system and moral compass. New York versus LA? I live in LA, but I am a New York girl. Even though I'm born and raised in Southern California, New York is my lucky charm. It's my happy place. I love it, I love it, I love it. Favorite cosmetic brand? I like to have different things from different brands. So right now I the It Cosmetics CC Cream. It's my favorite. L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara, still the best. Of course, Ready, Set, Jet, the primer just blurs out every line, pour, and bounces like this nice glow off your skin. Passport to Beauty, I love the gemstone oils. Favorite lipstick shade? I love a bubblegum pink. What's your favorite travel destination? Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. Favorite beverage? I love Diet Coke and champagne and water. What's your go-to hair ritual? coconut oil. Um, and then I also add two garlic cloves to my shampoo and that keeps your hair from falling out, makes your hair really strong. And what's your go-to cuisine? Mexican. Shalini, on behalf of my colleague Medha Jai Shankar and myself, thank you for these amazing insights into your remarkable journey. I've just learned so much listening to you. Thank you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.